I'm Di Redmond and I'm your host for today's Songs in the Wilderness. In this programme, we listen to the songs that have influenced our guests throughout their life and have influenced their faith too. Today, I have the privilege of talking to Janet Vaughan from Coventry, who works for the Birmingham Diocese Justice and Peace Commission. Morning, Janet. Nice to have you on the programme. Morning, Di. Nice to be with you. It's it's really nice to see you, actually. I can see you on the screen. So you were born in Coventry, where you still live, in fact. The the city must have changed so much over the years. Oh, it has. The demographics of Coventry has completely changed since I was at school. When I first went to St Elizabeth's Church, majority of the parishioners were of Irish descent. Oh. So were the priests. And now we have a very multicultural society here. I mean, the parish St Elizabeth's now... Father Moses is from South Sudan, and before him we had Canon John, who was from India. So that has completely changed. And also, even though my family didn't have a lot of money, Coventry used to be classed as quite a rich city mm. because of all the car companies. Yeah, it did. And now, the main employers really is the hospital and the universities. Really? So all that industry's gone? Most of the industry, there's still small pockets of industry, but all the big factories have gone. Mm. There's no huge factories that employ thousands of people anymore. Completely other world. Uh, Can I I ask, were you a cradle Catholic, Janet? No, I wasn't. I was baptised at St Paul's C of E Church and I attended Fosal Road Congregationist Church with my mum and with my sisters. I also attended Sunday school there. But from time to time, I used to attend St Elizabeth's for Mass with my father, who regularly attended St Elizabeth's Church. So that's quite an interesting mix. I mean, you, you covered everything, really. <laughs> what, what drew you in particular to the Catholic Church out of all those choices? Well, when I got married in 1974 to Kevin, he was a Catholic. Ah. And so it seemed stupid for us. Well, we thought it was daft anyway. For one of us to go to one church on a Sunday, one to go to a different church. So as I was already familiar with St Elizabeth's, and at that time, I mean, Catholics didn't really go into other churches very much, not like now. Yeah, that's so that, we started... that's interesting, isn't it? That whole taboo of, oh, no, you're a Catholic, you, you just go to the Catholic church, you, you know, you, you, yeah. don't, you don't spread it about. And now it's, <laughs> I mean, it, you, you wouldn't even dream of thinking like that. No, no, it's completely changed. But yeah, so that's when we started coming to St Elizabeth's and um, I'm actually talking from there now. Oh, are you? Because um, there's a funeral here today of a parishioner that I used to sit near when I was here. And so uh, it's his funeral today. And so uh, Father Moses has kindly let let me use his office to sit in and have this interview with you. Oh, well, that's very good of him. So when when did you decide you wanted to be received into the church? Was that when you got married? or was it? Well, it was after we got married and started attending the church here. And I thought, well, I don't know anything about the Catholic faith, really. So Kevin, my husband and myself started uh, 
go into instructions sessions with Father Patrick O'Sullivan. And uh, I was received into the church sort of the next year, summer of 1975. So, uh, so a long time ago, actually. A while ago now. Yes, a long time ago. <laughs> right, Janet, tell us about your first choice of music. Does this, does this piece resonate with the early years of your life that we've just spoken about? Yes. I mean, my first piece is Walk in the Light. And I think it's a very uplifting song. And... Um, it was one of the first, what then was considered a newish song. I mean, now it's old hat, but then it was quite a new, upbeat song. It wasn't one of the old traditional ones. So I hope your listeners enjoy it. I'm sure they will. Let's hear it. Lights sung by Damien Lundy, a much-loved hymn which you sang, Janet, with your local parish folk group, I believe. Yes, it was a group of young parishioners. They started a folk group at St Elizabeth's. I mean, I'm not a very good singer, but I really enjoyed being part of the group. And it was led by a young lady who at the time was still at school. She was the guitarist. 
and the gentleman flutist who Sounds again good. he was still at school <laughs> and uh, I think then as I say the songs that, that we chose and introduced into the church were new I mean yes, the 1970s yes. I know it's a long time ago mm -hmm. as I say all these songs are old hat now we all sing them but then and to have guitarists and flutists in the church instead of the organ so we used to sing once a month would be the folk Sunday. And, and then we also joined, sorry. Did, did that actually build up the congregation? Did you attract more parishioners because of the music? I think we got a lot of, it was almost like the youth group in one way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just the, the, there was quite a number of youngsters actually attended the folk group. We had put on a performance of Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat at one time. Wow. So that was a big thing in the church and we also joined with the local churches uh, the baptists the church of england the methodists and we used to have joint services with them singing with their groups and so that was at the time something quite radical absolutely. again absolutely you were right at the forefront this must <laughs> this kind of um fusion did it encourage a deeper faith in you apart from just the social side of it yeah, I think it it made you feel better because you felt as if you were part of something and also you could see the faith in the others and you learnt from the other churches as much as you learnt from the ones in your own church. And I think it was nice to see so many young people. I mean, at the time, as I said, I was married and uh, there was a couple of us that were in our 20s. Seems a long time ago. But... Um, <laughs> You know, it was nice to have that younger element of the church. And and were the were the um the, the clerics were they did they welcome that? You never came across any kind of hostility and oh well, you know, we don't want that kind of uh, intervention. Did that not happen? Not so much from the clerics. I mean had some that thought we should be doing a Latin mass and why aren't we yes. singing more in Latin and this yes. sort of thing. So and um some of the parishioners, you know. What are you doing playing a guitar and, you know, that sort of music in the church? It's not a pop. Yeah. It's not a pop group. You know, it's not. So in that sense, it was perhaps some of the parishioners that were a little bit older thinking. School, old school. But then um, if if you did your parish your uh, offer different masses, because that's how it breaks down, isn't it? You know, you can have a traditional mass, a Latin mass. Children's Mass, Folk Mass. Is that what you did in the end? No, they never did do a Latin Mass. Uh -huh. They just that once a month we did a Folk Mass and then the rest of the time it was just the normal Mass, how it was before, really. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, we, we had to practice in between. Because, again, we were learning songs that we'd never sang in the churches before. And as I say, we did, we did go round, I mean, to the local the church that I was baptised in, St Paul's. We went there, used to sing, and they'd come to us for Easter and Christmas, you know, Advent. Mm -hmm. We'd have shared services, Lent, Advent, Easter. And as I say, that at the time was really quite new. Yeah, And it was this same group of people. I mean, at the time you had the Liverpool Congress afterwards, and it was these young people that were leading the way there, and these young people that attended when Pope John Paul II oh, yes. came, they yes. went to the youth mass when he was here. Yes. So yes. they 
they they were a lot you know vibrant group of youngsters did you uh, one did, of, did you get any impact from the liverpool congress i mean can you remember oh, i remember parts of the liverpool congress there's one of the great things we used to have house masses mm-hmm. you don't hear of that so much now but that was lovely to go to people's house to have a mass and then have a meeting and discuss what was going on and loads of friendships in this parish came out of the meetings we had for the liverpool congress just incredible the it difference was, it made it was a radical time it really was a time of change and movement wasn't it it was and um so one of the one of the gentlemen that was in our group he's now a, a deacon so and others you know are still strong in the church so i think it was a good grounding for us even though the folk group i think it lasted about five or six years and then they grew older and different ones and things change mm-hmm. and the hymns really became the norm yes yes and the schools came in with guitars and did school masses and you know the youth groups and things so it's completely different now. You were groundbreaking, Janet. <laughs> I wasn't me. It was the others in the group, really. Well, I just took a lot. I was tagging along. Talking of all these songs, we're on to your second choice. Uh, can you tell us why this one is particularly relevant to this time in your life? I think now the green blade riseth. If you, you listen to the words, it really captures the Easter mystery. It really you know, the fact that you have to die and be reborn and grow again. I think that really is meaningful and is our faith, really. It's what we do. We're, we're reborn into the faith. So it's, I really find it quite a moving song, even though it's a bit jazzy. It's a lovely image. Green Blade Rises, uh, written by J.M.C. Crum. I hope I've got that right, Janet. It's very <laughs> I short. So. I wish I wish it was a lot longer. It's very beautiful. 
Yeah, I think you had a much posher version, as I said, than we the way we used to sing it. I'm sure. <laughs> I think as a folk group, we weren't that um, refined. <laughs> Our music choices this morning have been chosen by my guest, Janet Vaughan, who works for the Justice and Peace uh, Group in Coventry. Actually, I've got that wrong. It's the Birmingham Diocese, isn't it? Yeah, I work for the, uh, well, the Archdiocese of Birmingham. It's their Justice and Peace Commission right. I work for. I actually based, I live in Coventry and there is Justice and Peace groups all over the diocese. Right. Smaller groups right. in different parishes. But and, tell, us, tell us about your specific work, Janet, because it sounds yeah. really interesting. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the administrator of the Justice and Peace Commission and the commission's really focus or job is to raise awareness of justice and peace issues within the diocese. It's there to support campaigns and promote environmental issues. Um, we, we provide information for Archbishop Bernard, you know, and advice on um, different justice and peace issues. Uh, big ones in the past have been the environment and now Birmingham Diocese has got their environmental policies in place. And of course, refugees, anything we try to raise awareness work on something that a lot of people don't think much about is the biggest secret they say the catholic church has got catholic catholic social teaching <laughs> yes. Yes. but tell me are you very involved with um refugees does your group work with refugees and do you house refugees locally personally i don't i live in a flat so i can't no of course but what we, what I do in my role is I'm, I'm the administrator, so I work on the website, the Twitter account, sorting out agendas for meetings, taking notes at meetings, running all the Zoom meetings, because, of course, before the pandemic, we let, met a lot in person. Of course, yeah. But then we changed to Zoom, and so we have um, commission meetings are all on Zoom, and we also have forums on Zoom so that people from all areas of the diocese can talk about issues that they think are relevant and tell each other how they've worked on these issues. And how do you prioritise? Because it sounds like it, it sounds like a vast project, you know. How, I mean, is it to do with who first come, first served or the, the most important demanding how much money you've got? How do you do that? Oh, we don't have any money. No, I, I, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> but uh, no, what what we try to do is look at what is relevant now. We have different members, you know, Pax Christi, CAFOD, are all part of the commission. And we try to highlight and promote, well, we try to look to see how solutions have to problems, really, and try to get the different groups to promote issues within the church and to try and get the justice and peace issues to see how people it's relevant in their lives because uh, there's so much going on in the world, especially at the moment with um, different party political bodies the, that don't actually perhaps respect others the way yes. we should as Catholics. Yes, I mean, I, I just seems like such a, a vast um, spread of, of, of um, really important, very relevant issues. I, I'm very, very impressed. Um, so 
how how big is your team? <laughs> oh, please don't say it's just you, because you can't. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not me. There's about five of us on the commission Good. at the moment. Good. We, uh, Bishop William Kenny used to be on the commission, but of course he's more or less retired now. And uh, we've got members, as I say, from Cafford, Pax Christie, and just well, normal parishioners in the sense that they're not actually representing any group but they do work on justice and peace issues in their parish or in the diocese. Um, at least one of the commission members does house a refugee. I know that he houses a refugee family. And we're also quite a lot involved with um, the Laudato Sea animators. There's a couple of us that are trained to be Laudato Sea animators. Can you explain? So that's environmental saying? issues. Ah, that's what I was going to say. Is that is that what that is that what you cover with that particular commission? Well, it, it is, but Laudato Sea really praise B covers everything. It's um, respect, as I said, for, for other people and for the way they live and for how we treat the earth and how we treat people. And that really is what justice and peace and what the gospel is all about, is how do we treat people? How do we treat the earth? And every, know, everything we're reading at the moment about our earth is absolutely horrifying. It's, you know, burning. And well, it is at the moment, isn't it? I mean... Um, <laughs> Half of Europe is, well, parts of Europe is on fire. Parts of Canada is on fire. Mm. Parts of the Canary Isles. China. In America. You know, it's, um, as they've said, it's not a justice and peace. It's not justice and peace. It's not um, an environmental problem now. It's an environmental crisis. Absolutely, yeah. That's and we've been working for the last about five years, working on the environmental policies within the diocese. Well and now they've got a number of groups that are looking at little different areas within the diocese on environmental issues. I and mean, the extraordinary thing, don't you think, Janet, is how committed children and young people are to this because they've got the most to lose. Well, they have. And one of the things that has come up at our meetings is how concerned we are over the mental health of the young people because there's a lot of them that are really stressed over the environmental issues it's causing them worries and they feel they can't do anything they're frustrated and uh, that we we need to also look at the mental health of our young people with these issues yes. because yes. it's no good um just saying you know they don't because a lot of people say oh young people don't do anything but they do they do lots of work in lots of areas they're just perhaps not as visible in the church as we would like. But that doesn't mean they're not doing anything. And also they're probably, you know, gaining in confidence and finding their own voice. It's, you know, it's all part of growing up and maturing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I work partly as well with Cardinal Newman's school in Coventry. Oh, do you? And they, they had a justice and peace group in that school before the pandemic and we just recently had meetings there to try and get that going again. And we were looking at uh, the issues of the Horn of Africa and the, um, the droughts there and mm. the problems mm. there. And we linked with a young lady who rose, who's from South Sudan, but now is working in Uganda with a group of orphans 
And that again, that's through St. Elizabeth's Church with Father Moses, because he's from South Sudan and oh, he looks after oh, these orphans. So we're linking that together. That's really so, nice. And it's incredible the technology, how you can actually be talking to somebody so far away in these meetings. It's just just brilliant, really. And talking and helping and supporting, it must it must be quite a profound experience all round when you when you have that communication. Well, it is because um, for the first time a few weeks ago, I managed to actually talk to Rose via Zoom. Father Moses was over there visiting her and uh, he managed to get his connection on his phone. Oh, the and, <laughs> well done. <laughs> and and uh, we could actually see the area where she's working. You could see the children and we could see the food they're trying to grow because they try to be self-sufficient. And uh, the technology is just marvellous. And could you see yeah. could you see their homes and their the location and the, the Yeah, we could see the houses. The children build make their own bricks in the holidays mm -hmm. to build their own little houses. And um they're just just small round houses. We think they're quite cute, but they're practical. And uh, they've managed to get a Father Moses managed to get them a couple of solar panels, so they've got light in the evening Good. for being able to study. But somebody pinched their batteries, so they're fundraising again for that. Oh, no. And also they have to walk for miles to get water. Well, miles, a distance. They haven't got water there. So water is very precious to them. I'm sure it is. But they say, and they live in the green belt type of Uganda, you know, that they're in the the more lush area, but they were saying they've got trouble with droughts, that crops that are used to be able to grow are not growing now because of the lack of water. Heavens. So um, it is. Janet, and we don't appreciate water, I don't think. No, just turn the tap on and think it. Yeah, yeah we, we, we don't think anything about, you know, oh, uh, I won't have any water for another two days or I've got to go and fetch my water before I can do anything mm. or I've got to boil my water before I can drink it. We just Take don't. It yeah. We do. We're very lucky. So, would, you like, we would you like to introduce your third piece of music, which I love, but I'm going to let you introduce it. Well, how great is our God? Yes. <laughs> I believe that's my third choice. Yes. I just find some of the words in this, the sentiment are brilliant, you know. I will never leave you. Put your trust in me. I think they're just great words and a really uplifting song. So I hope everybody enjoys it. Thank you, Janet. Thank you. 
How Great Is Our God, chosen by Janet Vaughan, our guest this morning on Songs in the Wilderness. So, Janet, can you tell us about your future plans for the Birmingham Diocese Justice and Peace Commission? Um, It sounds like you've got so many plates spinning um, and so many topics to cover. You must have, well, you must have a lot of tasks, but quite a lot of pleasure because you seem to meet such amazingly interesting people. Yeah, we do. I mean, the commission itself is just a small group of people um, that actually work for the whole diocese. We run uh, an assembly each year and we also have um, a, a Lenten retreat. And this year our assembly is in St Chad's, the Grimshaw Rooms, on the 28th of October. So I hope you're all going to come. And the topic is on climate action responding to the climate crisis in our homes, parishes and communities. Uh, our chair, our chairman is Kenneth Jerry, and he's invited Tom Piotrowski, I can always say that until I'm on the air, and Father Robert Taylor to speak at the assembly. During the pandemic, we had our assemblies over uh, Zoom mm. and we had some each week for a period of time, or we had them uh, over a few nights. But before the pandemic, we used to always be, for the last few years, at St. Peter's School in Solihull. And some people said they had trouble getting to it. So this time, for our first face-to-face one since before the pandemic, we're going to St. Chad's, because we hope that everybody can actually get there without any problems. And we, we had our first um, face-to-face retreat this year, again, since before the pandemic. And we did that at Sally Park in, in Birmingham, which was, um, which was nice. And so we're hoping that we have a successful assembly as well. Do you do a lot of people, a lot of people attend? In the past... We used to have about 80 to 100 people. Oh, a lot. And then it started dwindling off a little bit be- just before the pandemic. Online, we did quite well for the first well, two years. And we had great support from the Archbishop who usually joins us, or who joined us on the online ones. I'm not sure if he's coming to this assembly. But I'm not sure this year because... I don't think people are going back to things the way they used to at the moment. I think you're quite right. It's a shame. You know, I love Zoom meetings because, like, for the mission, it's great because we have members from each end of the diocese and it's quite a long, thin diocese, Birmingham. And so when we used to have the commission meetings, the meeting would, say, be an hour, an hour and a half. But some people, it had taken them, like, two hours to get there. Mm-hmm. And so, so it was a full day. So Zoom makes life easier like that. But to actually get to know people, I think you need some face-to-face. And we found the retreat was really nice, as I say, in June at Selly Park. I mean, they've got nice grounds and it's a nice area to sort of walk around and be refreshed in. But it was nice to see some people that you hadn't seen for a long, long time face to face. 
And it's the same with other meetings where we meet with other groups. I mean, I think I met with one of the deacons a while ago, Nick St. John, and it was the first time I'd ever met him face to face. Goodness. We'd met on Zoom for three years, whatever, but we'd never met face to face. And I think you get, it's, you can talk on Zoom easy when you know the people you're talking to. But sometimes it's hard when you don't know them. Oh, yes. So yes. 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 we're praying that at the assembly we get to meet people again and new people, we hope. But it's and like, then... you're quite right. I mean, when, when the church opened again after the pandemic um, and that slow reopening process, mm. it was actually almost like being back with your family. You know, it took, <laughs> and of course you couldn't touch each other or, you know, um, exchange, you know, peace be with you or, or a hug or anything. But it was just wonderful to sort of be back in that in that community that you realised you've missed so so much and depended on. Well, yeah, and and it was sad really to see the people that didn't go back that you didn't. Yes, you had people that either had moved, died, mm. or were no longer fit to attend church, or no longer felt safe to attend church, and you missed them really. And because you hadn't been in touch, you, you didn't see the change or you didn't see people. And so it, it, it was just a shock that they weren't there. Did you and, did you use a, lose a lot of your members from the Justice and Peace Group? The Commission, no. we did, The Commission, we were fine. Oh, we good. didn't lose anybody from the Commission. That's good. Whether we lost people that actually used to support us at the assemblies and different things, we wouldn't really know. I had... I did have one person email to say that their father had died during it and could he be taken off the group. But in general, you don't know. I and mean, then with emails, which is how we communicate most of the time with the, mem you know, with the people that are interested, you just get emails that bounce back or things oh, like yes. that. So you don't know whether yeah. Yeah. anything's happened, mm. you know, and, and you've got no other way of communicating with people. So that's sad. But I think. Well, we pray that we'll have people at the assembly and that we'll be able to build up again the groups around the diocese. I was going to ask you before we have your final song, what are your hopes for the future of, 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 the, of your group, the Commission? I mean, what, what are your best hopes or fears? Well, for the Commission, I, I hope that we get some new members into it. As I say, we need support from that we need a new deacon a new bishop if we can yes. <laughs> but other people that are interested in the issues to come along and just support the commission but also we need really more in parishes mm -hmm. and maybe not justice and peace groups but like somebody said a long time ago we need justice and peace parishes where people take these issues and run with them you know whether they where they use the parish as a stepping stone to help others and and highlight these issues to other parishioners. Because they're, and that's all, what they need. they're all long term projects. They're not sort oh. of they're, they're, they're rolling for years, aren't they? Well, they roll for years. I mean, unfortunately, issues of justice crop up, they change. Mm. Yes. 
and especially now at the moment with these new laws coming in about refugees and housing refugees on boats and um yes. you know not making people feel welcome and i think as a church it's our responsibility to make people feel welcome and to try and help them because if if you've come here as a refugee you you've left your home and your family maybe and it's such a big shock and then people are sort of not very nice to you it it must be awful you know horrible absolutely horrible and uh, the governing and there's the issue other issues that we deal with as well you know like we were just saying the horn of africa there's the um drought there and the government has reduced its funding because yes. they're saying they're using their funding for other areas yeah. so there's lots of big issues we'd like parishioners to get involved with get their mps involved with and um pray to god that things improve well i'm sure janet you of all people could shift mountains <laughs> you you do so much and sadly we're up to your final song which is a fabulous song colors of the day is this another of your favorites from the choir days it is. It is. I mean, I think most of these, well, all of them that I've chosen today, we used to sing. But again, I find this a great uplifting song. Um, you know, it says to go out, mm-hmm. you know, go out and spread the gospel. So that's hope. That's what we can all do. So I hope everybody enjoys it and they feel a lot better after listening to it. Thank you, Janet. of day dawn into the mind the sun has come up the night is behind go down in the city into the street and let's give the message to the people we meet so light up the fire and let the flame burn open the door let jesus return take seeds of his spirit shines on it never goes down the light of the world is risen again the people of darkness are needing a friend so light up the fire and let the flame burn open the door let jesus return take seeds of his spirit let his fruit grow tell the people of jesus Open your eyes, look into the sky The darkness has come, the sun came to die The evening draws on, the sun disappears But Jesus is living, His Spirit is near So light up the fire Take seeds of His Spirit, let His fruit grow. Tell the people of Jesus, let His love show. So light up the fire and let the flame burn. Open the 
Janet Vaughan from from Coventry, thank you for your wonderful music choices and for sharing your very, very sweet memories um, of those early days of parish life and radical changes. Um, I'm sure all our Radio Maria listeners will be really intrigued. I certainly am. And good luck with all your amazing, challenging projects. You need all of God's help that you can get. Thank you for having me on your programme. It's been really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you, everybody, for joining us today for Songs in the Wilderness. Goodbye for now.